All right, we're back once again, and this is How to Pakistan. Uh, I've got with me Musharraf Zedi, and today is Bakra Eid all over the world except Pakistan, and we've got it tomorrow, so we thought we'd do an episode around it. Thank you, Musharraf, uh, for calling me on this auspicious exit. I'm surprised you're Saudi Bismillah. I'm surprised. Laka, you are not also celebrating with the Saudis. Anyway, so Bismillah. Thank you for that wonderful introduction and that uh, that attack on my character. It's uh, it's wonderful. I, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, please, don't make Eid as well. You know, like... I noticed that yeah, the new like English speaking liberal thing is, is gay. oh it's Ramadan, it's Ramzan, yeah. Bakraid is on two days, it's so terrible. Like fourteen hundred years, dude, get over it. It's, it's how it rolls, all right? I love this one because this is the first one you can't blame on us. <laughs> uh, this is what's giving everyone problems. Wait, wait, you have to, you have to help me out here. Blame on us. Now this time us is Pakistani. Bakhtun, uh, beautiful ah. people, super smart, sort of road scholar. What is ah. who is us this time? Why can't the Bakhtuns get with it? I have to say, on a personal level, I kind of look forward to the whole thing. Like one of our guys just says, hell with these guys, I'm going to do it. Three days before the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's always there's always a mullah like in a mountain uh-huh. somewhere. Some Yusuf Zai or the other. Who's I like, appreciate it at a different <laughs> level. It's the beginning dude, it's the beginning of the whole faith system. Yeah. Is to is to say is to say no. Yeah. Right? To reject like the I mean, Ustaim Bey was a rejection of kufr and, yeah. and shirk. Yeah. And so to say, you know what? The mainstream be damned. Yeah. I'm going to eat it up <laughs> when I want to eat it up. <laughs> um, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful day. Uh, it's a wonderful Eid Eve. Yeah. Uh, Eid al-Adha Eve. Yeah. Last year, I had a lot of fun. I tweeted in response. In response to Prime Minister Modi, that great um, supporter of Muslim celebrations and Muslim rights all over the world, he'd said Eid al-Zuha Mubarak. Right. And so, you know, I, sort of playing on the Zuha, I was like, yeah. you know, I, I said something along the lines of like, what, what is like, why, why can't this guy say Eid al-Adha properly? Yeah. Oh my God, it was beautiful because like every, I mean, first of all, the peaceniks from Pakistan. Right. You know. Like, shame on you for you know, attacking <laughs> Prime buddies. Minister Modi. <laughs> also, I thought my buddies. I thought like I thought we could all take a joke. But yeah. also like the the Hindutvadis, especially yeah. like the especially the Hindutvadis that want to seem like they love Pakistan. You know the type I'm talking about. Uh, it was a it was a, it was a large quantum of uh, feedback. Right. And of course, this year, you know, Eid is being celebrated in India. You know, as as it is, as it will be. Well, if you did it this year, Amitabh Bachchan would have gotten involved. W- would he really? Yeah, he would have been. Uh, my timing has always been <laughs> off. I, I always get it wrong. Yeah. Um, no, it is great. Uh, you know, it's a celebration of uh, real devotion. I think for a lot of like in in the modern context, I don't think people can understand or appreciate, you know, Ibrahim or Al Ibrahim in the way that, you know, the faithful would at least like to pretend that they do understand. I mean, I, I like to pretend that I understand and appreciate that whole equation, right? Abraham is 
you know, talking to Alamia, uh, and, you know, they have an ongoing conversation. It's like, a, you know, before the Socratic, you know, method, you know, there was, I think, I don't know if Socrates came before or after, <laughs> after the name, but, but in a sense, like, you know, there's this whole dialogue between God and Abraham that yeah. defines really almost all of human history can be seen through the prism of that relationship. Yeah. Because, you know, the Israeli, I mean, I love, in the 90s, I remember watching, but, you know, um, or not CNN, actually, it was NTM that used to play CNN or something for a little for a while, whatever, block, whatever it was. Block, yeah. Well, not a certain block. I think it was because they had evening programming, which was STN, but then NTM had the block yeah. the entire 24 hours, and they used to sort of... So during the day, I think they used to play CNN, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, all our favorite show back then was Style with Elsa Clinch. Uh, for for many yeah. for various reasons, yeah. And then they used to censor it with the dots, yeah, yeah, yeah. the squares. Like I the remember. Pixelation. I remember this thing that my cousin told me. He said, if you take uh, the front part of the kameez, yeah, yeah, the it, right? yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you can see it clearly. Yeah. It's oh, cute. Yeah. It's cute that you're bringing your cousin into it, even though like <laughs> this is a technology that you and your brother developed in your own in your own home. <laughs> and you told me about this many years ago, and you've forgotten that I pioneered this. You are the pioneer of the the patta pixelation, you know, semi torta sort of watching sort of business, right? And well, actually, I think it's it's the first empiricism that crept into my watching of females on TV. There's a lot of PTI in Safian type bros who, yeah. are, who, are, who are friendly bros and yeah. sisters yeah. who are listening. We're going to need help with empiricism. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. So we're going back to CNN. Confirming by doing. <laughs> He actually knew that I didn't actually, I, 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 I should, I should admit I was attacking Southlands for no reason. I had no idea what the word meant and I needed some help with it. Thank you, Fussy Zakra and God bless all the brothers and sisters. So but it didn't work. <laughs> why? The damn Dupatta uh, Shalwar Kameez uh, thing. No, here's the beautiful yeah. thing about growing up when we did. Yeah. Thanks to General Zia and sort of the inanities that he left behind in our in our public sector in particular but yeah. in our culture writ large we've had to develop a very active imagination yeah, yeah. I, I mean you know I'm not going to go into it but like but it's all Manu, all Manu Baloch did extreme desperation of course you go to style with Elsa Clench to get your jollies or your fixes there was a toothpaste yeah. ad with Manu Baloch in it which right. didn't have any pixelation yeah. and most of that was also you yeah. know uh, a feat of imagination and creativity yeah. so alhamdulillah we've we've you know we've come a long way since then we've got things streaming into our whatsapp DSL notifications and, uh, and yeah it's crazy yeah. dsl that's like 10 years ago yeah, bro yeah, yeah. whatsapp is a lot <laughs> I, I know why it came to your mind but again we're going to leave that for a separate yeah. discussion offline yeah. what i was trying to say was i was watching cnn back in the 90s and i remember this it's the most i'll never forget this guy with like the whole like jewish mullah sort of get up yeah. and and he's talking about why he feels so strenuously like pro settlement and sort of he's very he's very hardcore right yeah. about Israel and its right to dominate sort of that part of the world so without getting into whole Palestine Zionism thing yeah. what was beautiful is he says this this land is ours uh, 
this land is our father's. Our father Abraham left this land for us. And I'm looking at him with my mouth agape. I remember mm. as like 15 year old Mushal, I was just watching and mm. thinking, Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala Ibrahim. You're like, yeah. You know, like, I mean, he's out. And I'm like, no, bro, that's like, or cuz, like, yeah. that's not like, whoa. Yeah. Like, Abraham left that for us. And yeah. that's kind of the whole sort of, you know, yeah. I mean, of course, it's, it's, Cousins fighting over a piece of land, yeah. you know, in, in the long and run. Sharing is caring. Right? Except there's no caring there's because no caring. there's no sharing. There's no sharing, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. so for me, like, Bakrayd in particular is really interesting because it, in a sense, it reminds us of our our deep, like, genetic bond with, with Jews everywhere. And, like, you know, a lot of a lot of bros won't like it, and sisters, I should yeah. say. But, you know, we're like, we are literally, like, literally joined at the hip, like, yeah. existentially, right? And, of course, our Christian brothers and sisters, you know, get into the act, too. And yeah. this, is, this, this sort of trifecta, this continuum of churn, you know, this. And meanwhile, Abraham's message of devotion to God and service above all other things to God, including love for one's own child. Yeah. You know, a child that, you know, you know, he really wanted and, and, and wasn't getting and finally got right. And the fact that he was ready to do what he was doing, you know, all of that sort of is forgotten. The Jews have forgotten what, you know, Abraham stands for and the Muslims have forgotten and the Christians. And, you know, we're all fighting for pieces of land. And, you know, there's different versions of that at the micro level all the way down to like, you know, why the Patwari is an important figure in Pakistani culture. Yeah. The land. It's crazy. I mean, I mean, so it's like zan zamin, like it's yeah. Come on, it's intense. Admit it's intense. it. I'm profound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it just it also reminds me, like, so, so this is the sort of religious aspect, but I also look at it culturally. I mean, I don't know. Do you ever remember the first time you went out and bought a goat on your own money? Yes. Yeah. So, yes. so, so in my case, like, I remember what it entailed. I was teaching at Shar University, and so I said, okay, now I've got a salary, and one of my best friends, Adnan Javed, he and I, so we sort of opened up with one another, and I was just like, you know, if I buy the gold myself, no matter what price I get it from, my uncles, everyone's going to say, like, they ripped you off, and, you know, you're useless, and, you know, you can't do this, and people always rip you off, and he says, my father does that to me, too. So what we did was... We decided to go together to buy it because we thought, you know, we're teaching at university. We know this stuff, right? We know this. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, like, you know, we're, we're the up and coming class. So we went and we searched the goats and we, you know, you're, you're just looking at goats and you just think, what the hell? What's the difference between these? But you have to tell the guy that you really know what you're doing. And so we opened the mouth. Otherwise, he's going to charge you off. Yeah. yeah. And we had seen people that they were just like checking the mouths of goats. We weren't sure what to look. So we finally got a goat to cooperate and open its mouth. And we told him, dude, this goat's sick. It's only got one set of teeth, right? And the guy looks at us. <laughs> I never knew that, right? The upper palate is just hard. It doesn't this is in Hayatabad? Uh, this was actually where the old... Uh, Afghan refugee camp used to oh, be, okay. right? Yeah, That's yeah. where we had went. Uh, we had gone, 
We came back. We bought it for. A, there's a, by the way, there's a beautiful narrative that could yeah. that could be stitched out of that one, right? <laughs> where the Afghan refugees used to be is where you went goat shopping. Exactly. For, for, for sacrifice. <laughs> anyway, but but we we got a Suzuki to take back two goats, and on the way, we again we said, look, we paid. I, I don't remember how much we paid. Maybe eight thousand each or whatever. We said, look, they're gonna. Uh, tell us that this is ridiculous. Let's just tell them we bought it for five thousand. <laughs> and so he went home. He got dropped off first. I did. Next day we met at university, and I said, "So what happened?" He said, "They ripped you off." <laughs> and it's the same thing my uncle told me. The moment he said, "They ripped you off," what is this? <laughs> right? <laughs> Even though you deflated the price when you when you yeah, reported yeah. it, yeah. yeah. More than I remember. I, I remember sort of. More than buying my own goat, the thing that I remember is participating in the actual sacrifice mm. for the first time. Um, and, yeah, it wasn't... Uh, By doing it yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That I was, can't do that. Well, so, yeah. I, I mean, it's very difficult for me. Yeah. Uh, but, alhamdulillah, sort of, you know, I got to do it when I was youngish. Yeah. I was, uh, I think I was 16, probably, when I did it for the first time. And a couple of years ago... Um, I debated whether the kid, because the kids, so every year we, we have one in the house and then we do sort of hissas and everything for everybody else. Yeah. But we sort of like to have one in the house. And, um, you know, the kids develop like a, like even today, like, uh, you know, my daughter had named, uh, has named, you know, the, the goat and everything. So, yeah. so they develop like an affinity or an affection for the, for the animal, yeah. uh, which is natural over the course of a couple of days. And, um, I think that affinity is important, you know, in terms of the process, you know, I mean, the purpose of, of sacrifice is that it should, it should feel like a sacrifice. I think there's a, there's a lot of sanitization of the experience that, you know, in, in modernity, right? Like go to a website, pay with your credit card and then log out and then move on with life. Right. And then the thing has happened. And again, everyone's aqidah will be different. Like people will believe different things. But for me personally, if sacrifice is the purpose, then you know, it's supposed to, it, it should pinch a little bit. And so for me, participating in the right itself, but also like, I mean, the big question for me was at what age do I start exposing the kids to the actual sacrifice? And it continues to be a question. Obviously, you know, the youngest one I haven't, but last year I took, uh, I took my eldest. Um, so, you know, here, I think I'm at the polar end of the uh, spectrum because so I know like we eat meat and you know it goes through this process and all that and I agree there's a level of being divorced from what the means of production or how it's actually done. But I've seen one thing and you see out of the two Eids, I've always loved the Eid after fasting partly because you spend a whole month, uh, you know, your whole sort of life cycle, your, it, everything changes and then there's this grand sort of uh, celebration, everyone's coming together and all that. In this one, <clears throat> there are two things that I've always, like, one is, you know, once, like, you know, the kids name the goat and whatever, I think it's quite a traumatic experience. I think it's one that needs to go by, I mean, and you can, and you can be any age, right? You, you don't have to be seven and you say, okay, now it should be done. The other thing that I also find, and I found it difficult every year, and it's the way the goats are sacrificed in front of one another, right? And... So it's not anthropomorphizing. We, we've, never, we've never done that. We no, no, always I, take the animal sort of So, so that's, that's, I think that's the humane way of doing it. No, but it. that's also, by the way, so I think the other thing that, and this is like one of those old-fashioned things, 
and maybe I'm totally wrong about it. Have you ever heard sort of our elders talk about how once upon a time people used to have dynamos on their on their cycles even? Yeah. And and that, you know, there's kind of this this kind of this brazenness about not doing things in a certain way. Yeah. I think this whole Kasai thing, like there used to be a time when there was a bunch of Kasais, like like qualified butchers that used yeah. to and we know now that, of course, people are walking around with knives, yeah. you know, waiting for somebody to hire them because it'll make, you know, a nice payday yeah. for, for, every, for every animal they take care of. But we know that they're not all professionals. In fact, yeah. most of them aren't. So I think that the absence of that humanity or that, that ethic yeah. of there's a way of doing this has been lost to the, to the, in a sense, and I hate using this word because it means something else for a lot of people. But, you know, capitalism is, a, is an interesting thing. Mm. Like, this day has become capitalized, you know, it's in, also in a function, so many ways. Maybe the cruelty is a function of scale also. So many more people doing it. The churn is so much higher. Well, that uh, reminds me of kind of, we were talking about China yeah. with, with Andrew. And, you know, one of the things that we didn't really get into a lot, partly because we're Pakistani and we're not supposed to, is, you know, kind of the cruelty of China's growth story, which is also... A direct function of, of, of scale. I mean, yeah. if, you know. And I think that also there, there's going to be a story of cruelty if there isn't one already in our country as yeah. we grow from, you know, $1,500 per capita GDP. Yeah. When this starts, you know, when we start pumping it out in terms yeah. of GDP growth, like when this goes from 1500 to 10000 and if it does it like within the next decade or so, yeah. I mean... There's going to be a lot of really, really big winners, and then there's going to be a huge number of like mini winners, yeah. like people who go from Medans to like Corollas type of thing. Yeah. And there'll be a huge number of people that go from like being on foot to being in a car. But there's also going to be people who kind of, despite that increase in consumption, are not going to feel particularly better at the like at the end of the day. No, that, I mean, you know the brutality of the. So I think in a sense. Eid al-Adha is, has, is a victim of, of capitalization, of, you know, and, and, and sort of the, the, the monetization of every human sort of endeavor. Right? It's yeah. not just Eid. So for me, like, it's not that big of an ideological point. I think it's simply, you know, and if it is an ideological point, it's really a critique of, of the mode of production rather than a critique of, like, Islamists or, you know, like, fundos. No, 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 you know, I know, but, but this, this is the point about culture. So, I mean, I, I think it's been a good number of years, and it's one of the things that I keep thinking about that, you know, it's just something utterly unnecessary um, for one animal to go through. And it's not necessarily anthropomorphic, you know, Morphizing or whatever, however you pronounce it, anthropomorphizing. Anthropomorphizing. Mor- no, anthropomorphizing. Anthropomorphizing. Yes, that's exactly what I meant, <laughs> and I knew how to pronounce it once, right? Oh, can you just turn off Google though? Like while you're talking, it's really like <laughs> awkward. You're coming up with new words. But 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 the point being is like I mean I wish this is something that would change because. Wait, what, what, what do you want changed? Just the, it, do, like, don't take I think out... At, at the minimum, yes. Because if you are sacrificing one animal, you, you hear you know, the sounds they make. Mm-hmm. It's not as if they don't understand. It's dramatic. I guess my only point is, is it supposed to be like rose petals and Care Bear hugs? Like, it's not, right? The whole point is, 
God's like, yo, I want you to take Ishmael and like, you know, like, you know, take, take care of him. Yeah. And Abraham does it. He goes and he's ready to do it. And as he's like, you know, he's right there at the jugular. And then Alamia does the switcheroo and it's a dumba, right? Yeah. Like, that's not a... Like, there's no rose petals and hugs there. This is, we're not supposed to feel warm and cuddly. This process is supposed to elicit a sense of dominance of the will of Allah over the sovereignty and autonomy of the individual, of, no, of the man. Granted. And, and, and the interesting thing, we were talking about land earlier, and yeah. then, you know, zan, zar, and zameen. I mean, yeah. it's the, the zar, right? Which yeah. is the, you know. But here I'm just saying is that, so if we take... The, the scriptural elements for granted, it still doesn't mean that, you know, an animal needs to go more than it needs to oh, go. Oh, absolutely. No, 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 no. Right? I, no, no. Don't misunderstand me. Yeah, I yeah. absolutely agree. Yeah. I, I think, that, and, I, and I'm saying, I'm agreeing with you. We, yeah. we need to have, uh, we need to restore the ethic of how we do this. Yeah, and yeah. there's a very specific process. Yeah. And I would say even, like even the, the traditional process could probably use a couple of, you know, improvements. I would go even further. And again, I'm not qualified to do this, but I think that, you know, ulama and scholars should look into um, what it is that can minimize the suffering of an animal, period. Absolutely, right? yeah. And, and so, obviously, we don't want to, you know, we, we have this whole thing about dead meat and how yeah. the, the, the jugular needs to go first. Yeah. But are there chemical inducements or, you know, biological sort of, you know, switches that we can, are there things we can do to reduce the quantum of misery that a living being experiences as Absolutely. a result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other larger question, and this is something that I... I also add a practical consideration, is a distressed animal releases a lot of adrenaline and other hormones into uh, the muscles which make it, well, basically it doesn't taste Toxic, as good. Yeah. It toxifies yeah. the... Yeah. So, I mean, there's even a practical benefit to it. But yeah, I agree with you. I'm absolutely there. So, um, anyhow, I just think that hopefully everyone should have a great Bakra Eid. And um, from both of us, uh, Eid Mubarak. And anything else, Mr. Bashadab? I could talk about sort of uh, Eid al-Adha till the cows come home. Right. I guess... One thing I would say, and I've toyed with this in private conversations, but, and I'm not even sure I could, I could develop the, the will and the capacity to, to go through with it. But, you know, we have, <clears throat> I think, let's do this. Let's look at what's happening in India. There's this massive cultural shift taking place in that country. I think people are asserting their right to be uh, more expressively of the values that they profess. I mean, that, that's what Hindutva uh, is, is about. Yeah. And of course, you know, in Pakistan, we're hardwired to be skeptical and 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 suspicious of this, and uh, as we should be uh, from a from a state to state perspective. But when I think about it at the human to human level, I think about what's important to me and how I feel if somebody blasphemes or somebody says something nasty, you know, about the things that I believe in, you know, including my country. Um, I think whilst we are allowed to consume beef, there's no compulsion whatsoever 
that there's no religious obligation for Muslims to consume beef. So I didn't know where you were going with this, but I agree absolutely. One of the things I've never understood with so much human life that's been lost, let's say, over maybe even a century around communal riots that somehow are predicated around beef or rumors of beef eating even. Yeah. I agree with you. There's no compulsion on us to eat beef. And, I've, and, and, and I look at it like, like when you've got a major multi-ethnic, multi-faith country, each has to give a little. And I also think the same is that we, I, I mean, from a secular perspective, you can make, uh, you, you can be dismissive of, you know, that part of their faith or, you know, the whole beef eating part. But no, but why should you even even secularly? Why should you be dismissive of anyone's you faith? You shouldn't. I mean, I'm. You but know what? Is, the point is, no, Fussy. I'm yeah. actively offended by this notion that when it's my religion, everybody has to be respectful. But when I'm talking about somebody else's religion, I can just you know I can say whatever I want. So That's I, ridiculous. I, so and I, I think that we have to, especially in today's day and age, especially yeah. with the age of Trump yeah. and with Brexit and yeah. with Austria about to do what it's about to do. Yeah. If we can't stand up and do the right thing by other people's fates, yeah. then we can't expect that treatment That's for ourselves. absolutely true. That's absolutely true. And I've never understood why, at least in India, both Muslims and Hindus could come to an accommodation on something like this. Well, so, so here's, here's the interesting point. Given sort of, you know, my own personal biases and stereotypes and, you know, baggage and everything, historical, yeah. genetic, whatever you want to call it, I think asking Indian Muslims to make that sacrifice is actually the last. So I think for, for Indian Muslims, eating beef may be in many ways like an existential question. And so, you know, I can understand, not only understand, I'd probably sort of, I'd say that's not the place to have this conversation. The place to have this conversation, Fussy, is in Pakistan. Because in Pakistan, we're not under threat. We don't need to eat beef to manifest our otherness. We don't need to eat beef to make a point. We got a whole country, and we have all the freedoms in the world, and, and God knows we've used them in, 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 in certainly, you know, uh, both good and bad ways. But, you know, I, I mean, I think this conversation is one for us to have here in Pakistan. And again, as a voracious, uh, you know, uh, voracious uh, consumer of, of, of meat yeah. of all sorts you know I'm uh, it's it's really a conceptual conversation for me uh, if somebody said to me would you give up beef you know so I, I mean I, that would be a I, I, I agree with this I, I think I would just amend it slightly I do think it's an Indian Muslim and an Indian Hindus thing to resolve it would be great on our end but again that slightly presumes that you know there's this great link between Indian Muslims Can I tell and you what the problem with this is? The problem with this is the whole why do Shias have to have processions on Muharram? You know yeah. the, the, the thing that you know the, the let's call it the Sunni right wing which yeah. is a very unfair characterization because it makes it sound like there's like a Sunni element that does this which I think is unfair but I mean, mostly I think I think they're takfiris, but let's yeah. let's you know without getting into the definitional problem, asking a minority to adjust their behavior when you're the majority, whoa, like that's the beginning. No, but and, there's and the there, no, no, but there's also like in India, you've got a separate Muslim law also, right? That takes into account, say, polygamy. It takes into account a number of other things. 
I do agree that asking a minority to do this is difficult, but I don't think that the you know that the emphasis from a Pakistani uh, sort of adoption of something of that if we said we'd do it for our Hindus who are Pakistanis as much as any, we'd also have to do a number of other things like right now maybe beef would be there on their agenda, but what it really is forced conversions, other issues. Things that really matter. I really think that well, there's always India, so many things to do. So, so we're just talking about the beef. So right? that's what I'm saying. It's like in India, like look, accommodations historically have taken place on both sides, and this is one that no, both but I communities don't know. have Muslims, to really yeah, go forward. But I, I honestly, strongly, and strenuously think yeah. that asking Muslims to make accommodations in India, yeah, I think that's like. That is a very, very slippery slope, and I think that Muslims in India... So I think the problem is, it is a slippery slope under a BJP government, right? Where they're particularly, uh, you know, feeling, uh, you know, whether threatened, insecure, whatever it may be. But ultimately, in these sort of things, like, you know, both have to give way... Even, even in Pakistan, for example... Uh, even the Shia Sunni thing, they need to move forward. And I agree, like it might be right now asking Shias to make any kind of accommodation is a no-go whatsoever because they're being decimated. Uh, maybe, you know, th there have been really high periods where their professional classes have been utterly hurt, you know, moving on. So I, I know what you're saying, but I think, I think we principally agree on what needs to be done except maybe the characters who need to move forward with it. Well, I would, I would also sort of back off a little bit by saying what needs to be done. I mean, I think that what needs to be done is we need to have these conversations. Yeah. Uh, I think we are not anywhere close to but I'll give you one a example. collective action that, that denies us beef. I was on radio um, uh, last week, and somebody called up, and they said something. And it was just, but it's again, you know, it's, Interesting how you can have some conversations on podcasts, but when, you know, it's on a broader medium, it becomes difficult. There was this guy, and he just simply said, he's like, you know, I don't want to sacrifice uh, any animals. I think the bigger picture is helping people. And what I do is I buy a rarity for someone who's totally poor, buy him the first stock, and get him to whatever. Now, you can absolutely disagree that, you know, this is an amendment to the... You know, sort of. It's a bidda. Yeah, bidda. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. right? Yeah. But I was surprised because he almost said it, by the way, and, you know, we just went on and discussed other things. But I was surprised at the number of people who called in who were, like, vociferously against it. But it's just the, yeah, the tone of the conversation. The, it's A, it's a tone of conversation. And if people feel like it, what you're trying to do is to undermine what they believe in, yeah. then people will react defensively. Uh, I think, uh, for me, the, this idea of, like, you know, it's about helping people. Yeah, of course it's about helping people. Just like, you know, five times Salat is about, you know, connecting with God. So can yeah. you connect with God by sort of rolling a doobie? And, 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 I mean, of course, a lot of brothers and sisters, you know, do. And, and there are some that, religions uh, predicated uh, on this. Exactly. Yeah. But that doesn't, that doesn't <laughs> make even, it. <laughs> even some Islamic sects. Islamic sects? Sects. I don't know why I can't pronounce this script. S-E-C-T-S. I, I got you. Okay, yeah, yeah. listen. Yeah. <laughs> Bottom line, yeah. before we sort of completely derail yeah, from yeah, this yeah. wonderful episode on Eid al-Adha, yeah. 
let's say this. Let's say that may Allah grant all of us the ability to do what pleases him and that we can all collectively work together in harmony to find better ways of doing things always and may Allah always be pleased with with that path absolutely absolutely uh, a very happy and joyous Eid Mubarak to everyone out there from me Fussy last words goodbye and hope you have a great Eid and uh, hope to see you soon on the next podcast